Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Monday, December 27th, 2021, and this is day 1381 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and we praise you and honor you above all others. There is absolutely none, absolutely none like you. You are our sovereign God. And I thank you so much for loving us unconditionally and teaching us how to do the same with others. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everyone. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Today's message is the desires of your heart. What are those? God wants to bless us with the desires of our heart. We're going to be coming out of 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. And we'll learn how God blessed someone with an incurable disease with the desires of his heart. His name was Naaman. Again, we're coming out of 2 Kings chapter 5, starting at verse 1. And it says, now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. So leprosy then was an incurable disease. And uh, and, and in Naaman's case, maybe it wasn't to the point of where he had to live in separate quarters outside of the camp, which I'll be describing that a little bit more when I get to our points. Okay, so verse two. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would be cu- he would he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman had a problem, and I'm sure the desire of his heart was to be healed. And so the answer to this problem was through the least of who we would imagine, a young girl who was a servant who was um, uh, uh, stolen from her her city. And, and brought over to be a servant, and she served Naaman's wife. So verse 4 says, Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him from his leprosy. I would imagine that Naaman at that point had great joy. And uh, a lot of times when God blesses us with the desires of our hearts, it will be totally the opposite of the way it's naturally done in the world system. Typically money, which Naaman had, uh, he had money, he had uh, 
uh, an influential uh, provider, uh, an advocate uh, of the king who wrote a letter for him. <clears throat> you know, many times when we do grants, we need a reference letter from someone who's already, you know, been doing it for a while. So it's it's important to have things like that in the system that we live in, right? So verse 7 says, as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? Hmm. See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? So this got turned and misconstrued into something totally different. It was, it came across to the king as something evil. Like, you know, you're making a mockery out of me. Who do you think I am? What do you... You know, so that could have been uh, a great illusion or uh, disillusioning for um, for Naaman to here you are, you've got all this excitement and you get there and then you're let down by this, you know, this king that says this to you. So verse eight says, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Which is a sign of mourning. Like I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm in mourning. And uh, he says, why have you torn your robes? Have the man <laughs> come to me and he will know what there, what there is. He will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Ah, and Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. <laughs> there is his answer right there, right? But let's listen to Naaman's response. But Naaman went away angry and sad. I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and, and call on the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me from my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in rage. Ah, uh, the answer to the desires of our hearts may not come in the way that we expect it. And if we're not careful, we'll walk away and leave the gift on the table simply because it doesn't seem like, smell like, feel like the way that we're used to um, it taking place. And uh, he was saying, first of all, the Jordan River was the most filthiest river of all. And he said, surely he could have had me gone to any of these other rivers. I mean, he's even being picky about how it should be done. Oh, we do the same. I know I'm guilty. I've done the same. Surely they, they could have done this or done that. Or, you know, why would they give me this? Or, you know, and, and we don't see beyond what it is that God is doing. God has a plan and we must follow his his methodology. And so he even, um, Naaman, uh, turned and went off in a rage. He was very angry. So listen to this. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you to wash and be cleansed? Now you see, 
a servant told him about this great blessing. And then his other servants, <laughs> glory to God, uh, came and spoke wisdom to him to encourage him. Isn't that amazing? God will use the most least likeliest people or person. He will use a child to come and give you an answer to what you've been looking for. So don't despise those small beginnings or those those uh, approaches or those answers that that may be totally the opposite of what you would have done or what you would have thought. So listen, verse 14 says, So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. (laughs) Naaman was so happy about that, that he went on. I'm going to read 15 and a little more. He says, then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God and stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in the world except Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimon to bow down and he is leaning on my arm and I have to bow there also. When I bow down in the temple of Rimon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. So it's an idol that the, his, his Lord, his king worships, but he goes in, he's his king's attendant when he goes in to worship this idol. And he's, he's asking for forgiveness uh, of doing something like that. That's part of his job. But you see, not only was he healed physically, but he was healed spiritually. God's desire for us uh, surpasses the outer part of what we're looking for. Okay, so we may be totally in need of a healing, which is an absolute necessity uh, in which God will do in his own way and in his own timing. But he, the main thing he wants to heal is our spiritual person. That's the one that will live for eternity, either in heaven or hell. So he, that, that is what happened with Naaman. He came to know the Lord. So point number one, most people want to be included and accepted. And we all need true unconditional love. God's agape love, a love you just, I love you just because kind of love. Leprosy during Naaman's time was much like the disease AIDS when it first came up on the scene. If a person had an extreme uh, case of leprosy, it slowly ruined their body parts. I mean, people with joints would fall off, fingers would just fall off of people's hands. And, and, and when they walked through a community, they had to have a cloak over them and, and put a, you know, say unclean, unclean to let everyone know that they, they lived 
uh, well, let me finish my note here. <laughs> um, it slowly would uh, ruin body parts and it usually led to death. It was that serious. Lepers were separated from family and friends and confined outside of the city in special camps just just for people with leprosy. <clears throat> it was incurable and it led to alienation. No one wanted to be around them. Have you ever experienced something where um, the remedy was outside of your control? You know, or maybe you, you were isolated or, or maybe... People didn't quite understand what you were dealing with and, and maybe just didn't even want to be around you. And and that's what this caused uh, in many cases for the people that were going through leprosy. And here Naaman was a valiant uh, soldier and did such great things, but he still had that one thing. Point number two, have you ever desired something that seemed impossible, but because it was so far out of reach and time was of the essence? You know, it was only a matter of time in Naaman's case before the disease would get worse. He may have had a mild case of it, but it it affected your skin and, you know, uh, made sores all over your body. So, you know, time is also something that we may be up against. I'm going to read to you Psalm chapter 37, and uh, I'm going to start with uh, verse 4. Psalm 37, starting with verse 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we must delight in the Lord, put him first. Make him our priority. Make him the joy of our life. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. You know how we see people being successful and all these multimillionaires and billionaires. Getting, and, and not every one of them do this, but many of them are getting rich off the backs of poor people or people that can't even, you know, they can barely make it through. And here they are ripping people off. I get so angry about that. And the Lord says, in time, don't worry, continue to, to delight in the Lord. Verse 8 says, refrain from, a, from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, like don't get worried or weary. It leads only to evil. And this is David, y'all. This is the psalm he wrote. And he says, for those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Look at God, right? So whatever you're waiting on from the Lord, don't get weary. Continue to do good on good and fulfilling your God-given purpose. The Lord has not forgotten about you. He will work things out for your good. Because he loves you so much and your obedience shows you love him. And Naaman finally obeyed and did what God had him to do and he was healed. He was blessed. What is the desire of your heart? Now I have one that's kind of small, but but it was huge to me. Uh, just the other day, uh, so my son and uh, my daughter-in-love were 
not feeling well and uh, kind of sick. They've been isolating themselves. And so I made some soup and took it over to them. And uh, this chicken noodle soup that God blessed me to make for years, it is so healing. Man, oh man. Anyway, <laughs> it makes me feel so good uh, when I eat it. And 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 it makes others feel that way. So I, they wanted some soup, so I took it to them. And I was supposed to bring crackers with it for my daughter in love. I love crackers with mine too. And I forgot the crackers. And I got there and we, you know, we left it for them on their porch and called them and they came out and got in. They, and I can hear in her voice, she really wanted the crackers when I said, I forgot the crackers. And she said, oh, it's okay. And, and I knew it wasn't. And my husband said, why don't we go around to this little convenience store uh, by their house? And uh, we're like, okay. So we, it wasn't, you know, uh, the convenience store was not one of the best <laughs> at all. And I walked and walked around every area in that store and I found no crackers. And I was like, oh Lord, you know, I really, you know, want to get these crackers for her. And, and all of a sudden I go right back in an area that I had already gone to. And there was just in an odd area, like where car parts were, like not car parts, but oil and things like that for cars. There it was, a box, a single box laid awkwardly on top of like some oil of Ritz crackers uh, that just, it was like uh, maybe, you know, individual small packages, like a big box that I saw nowhere else in the store. And there it was, like, here I am. And I'm like, Lord, this is unbelievable. But yet believable. Because God knew my heart and what I was trying to accomplish. And there they just appeared and took them up and paid for them and got them right back to her. You know, the same thing happened many years ago. Uh, we've been in our house for about 20 years, and I, I remember when my husband got very sick, and uh, we counted on his income. My sisters and I had our bakery in Raytown at the time, and we weren't really making money yet. We had just started not long. Maybe we had been there a year. And, you know, when you start a business, it has to mature in order to sustain and, and provide for you as well. So my husband got very sick. His income got, you know, it just stopped and, and and he was getting workers comp. He got injured on the job. Then he had several heart attacks and different things happened. It was just a, you know, aspiring, a spiral effect. And then uh, we were about to lose our house. To make a long story short, um, they had sent us foreclosure uh, letters. And I'm like, Lord, Lord, please help us. And my husband and I were like, you know, we just had, we just didn't know what else to do. We've done all we could do. And the Lord was saying, trust me, be still. And we had called different ones. No one could help us. No one. And and then um, finally, we got uh, a message on our answering machine. And uh, it was someone from Catholic Charities, a young woman. And she said, I'm calling you about your house to help you save your house. And we're like, oh, my gosh, did you call the Catholic Charities? I never even knew anything about what Catholic Charities did or to think to call them. And uh, my husband said, no, did you? I'm like, no. We called her back and made an appointment and went and met with her several times. And um, she said, may I have permission to call 
you know, your mortgage people while we were sitting there and we're like, yes, she was the nicest person we'd ever, you know, could ever encounter and just very petite little lady and very uh, mild-mannered and soft-spoken. And um, she, we gave her permission to do that right in front of us and she called the mortgage people and she said, her whole demeanor changed. And you know, it was like, she turned into this very aggressive bulldog type style person. It was just amazing. She goes, I am calling for the bikes and I demand that you do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, and the people rescinded. They're like, okay, <laughs> I'm not lying, y'all. It was amazing. And she said, give, let me speak to the person that's handling this and we could not get anywhere. They would never let us speak to anybody else. And, you know, they'd give us the runaround. And finally, after a few times of meeting with her, she finally got to that person and they rescinded the floor foreclosure. Um, you know, just, it was so much involved, but she said, um, I remember her saying to us one day, she goes, she says, I walk my dogs every morning. And uh, she said, and I pray and God, shares things with me. And she said, he keeps putting you on my heart. What is it about you, the bikes is, what is it about, she even calls the bikes is, uh, what is it about you, you know, uh, that God uh, is putting you specifically on my heart? And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> it was unbelievable, y'all. And she saved our house through the power of God. And uh, I'll never forget it. And even when I think about it today, it just brings tears to my eyes because to see how God blessed us with the desires of our heart from something that may be in some cases small and insignificant like crackers to something that seems huge and important like a place to live. Uh, God is always there. And we must trust him. And, it, and y'all, it came right down to what was like the hour of them taking our house. It was a matter of hours or days. And we were just, we don't know what else to do. What about you? God is saying, I am no respecter of persons. That's what the word says. And whatever the desire of your heart is, he's here to meet that desire. Does it line up with God's word? Have you done exactly what God has called you to do? Check your heart, check and see. And you do everything he's told you to do and you just stand firm and trust him and believe him. And you watch him show out for you, just like he did Naaman, just like he did for me with the crackers and with the house and many others that I could share with you, but I don't have the time. Want to make sure that you know him as your savior. If you don't know him yet, this is your wonderful day. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the ultimate right there. That is God's desire of his heart that we will come to him and, and serve him and allow him to be the Lord of our life. Oh, glory to God. And we will be with him for eternity when we do that. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries. Dot org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please uh, check out our Transition Zone uh, website, tzonekc.org. Check out what we're doing in the community with our youth and uh, please donate and support what we're doing if the Lord puts it on your heart. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.